0: Welcome to episode 25, not 5, 25 of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. Quarter of a century now, it's going on quite longer than I expected it to be, to be honest with you. But yeah, we're still here, we're still going on. Obviously someone isn't here today, Chris is off on his holidays, so uh, me, Daniel Murphy, will be your host this evening. And joining me tonight, two lovely chaps, first of all, Mr Liam Amara, finally back on the podcast. How are you doing Liam?
1: Yeah, good. It's good to be back. Obviously, I missed last week due to uh, something unforeseen, but yeah, great to be back.
0: Yeah, good, good. And uh, Tom, uh, down the valley Road. Tom, how are you going, Tom? Have you had a nice bank holiday weekend?
2: Yeah, not too bad. This is In my profession, this, this bank holiday's the seventh circle of hell because it's impending oh. doom in morning, but uh, yeah, it's been a good one.
0: Yeah, good, good. I went. It's been quite good for me, actually. I went to some local non-league, I say non-league. It was an FA Cup match I went watching today, and at half-time, the fucking skies opened and I'm still drying off now to be honest with you I was not good and the team I was watching lost as well so, so i probably quite a sad day in football and it didn't get much better on Friday either because Bolton Wanderers played out quite a non-event quite a dull affair in the 0-0 draw with local rivals Blackburn I went and got fleeced because I tried getting in on an under, on under 18 ticket and then the woman at the the uh, ticket office Said I needed ID and made me buy a under 22 one instead, which pissed me off no end. And then we, uh, I think at the point was probably a fair result in the end in our know, draw, but it could have gone either way. So Liam, how did you see? How did you think the game went from your much more comfier vantage point than mine?
1: I, I was quite pleased actually. I think a few have been a bit more disappointed than perhaps I was, but I saw a game where. We look relatively solid. You know, they they had a couple of sniffs of chances, Blackburn, but that's to be expected when they're playing at home, particularly when they've got, you know, quite a few talented attackers, to be fair. Gary Boyer has created quite a decent Blackburn side, depending on if they can hold on to Jordan Rhodes or not. So, yeah, I mean, towards the end, we look like we might just nick it. So, all in all, you've got to look at it as a clean sheet away from home, and I completely agree with Neil Lennon when he says, in previous seasons, that's the kind of game we we would have lost so yeah, I'm no, quite comfortable and quite pleased with it, really.
0: Yeah. Tom, yeah, same to you. What were your thoughts on the result?
2: I thought, I thought, Lennon got his tactics spot on. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think we were we were very good defensively, which is becoming the norm, which is nice to see. Um, Blackburn started really well, and we rolled it out. We were uh, caught out a couple of times from crosses, but we soon we soon sorted that out. And I thought we were unlucky in some ways to be. To be going away with a point, but i suppose you could look at it the other way and say we get to take one. So, like Liam said, a point, you know a clean sheet and a point away from home, we'll definitely take that.
0: Yeah, you said there that you thought Lionel's tactics spot on. So I want to ask you a question, and I'll go to you after Liam. That's been like quite a divisive topic with most fans. Mark Davis, obviously he's playing in the holding role, so to speak. All you know, playing a bit deeper than what we're used to seeing him in. Do you like him though? Because I I do I do I think he suits that roll very well. So what are your opinions on that, Davis playing slightly deeper than we're used to seeing him?
2: It's we're not getting the best out of him, the holding position. His best his best position's behind the striker. I mean when he when he should have had the penalty early days, yeah. that's that's where he needs to be in and around the box running at defenders. So his best position is definitely behind the striker, but we need to put all our eggs in the Zach Clough basket, don't we? We need to play build our team around him. So yeah he's not in his best position there, but he's, he's certainly doing well. I mean, he's getting himself about, which for someone who's had what seems like 101 injuries in his career, you get you, you kind of wince when he goes into a 50-50, don't you? But mm. he's he's playing re- he's playing really well. I don't think it's his be- best position, but he's, he's he started the season really well, and um, he's doing all right as captain as well. It yeah, doesn't seem to be affecting him. Yeah,
0: he's, if anything, I think it's buoyed him a bit. He seems to welcome the responsibility, which is unlike a lot of the midfielders who've. Give, been given the handband in recent years aside from Pratley of course but it's interesting you mentioned his, like, his actual defensive side of the game as well, I think he's doing a better job than expected you know, in the defensive side of the game, with his injury record you would half forgive him for not being one to dive into tackles on that but he, he is, he's still throwing himself about and winning the ball back, so same to you Liam, what do you think of Davis playing deeper?
1: I quite, I quite liked it actually yeah. I was quite impressed, he seemed to Enjoy the role, eventually. and it did allow him to not. Ne- he became another option for us because we we can over already with Clough become a little bit one dimensional in terms of looking for him. But particularly when Heskey came on, Matt Davis seemed a lot more willing to drive from deep, yeah. and that can give him a lot more space than perhaps him trying to pick the ball up between defences. I mean, we're not we're not talking about David Silvery who can sort of weave in and find the gap. Matt Davis, it, you know, he's been targeted and. We were always looking for him in the past, but when he's deeper, perhaps he can make the space his own by coming in late. Yeah. So, particularly late on when he was driving forward, I did I did think that that's going to be quite effective for us. I think, given a bit of time, I think he will relish that role, and I think he'll be very good in it, and I was particularly impressed with his work rate defensively. Yeah. I think he's always struggled defensively in terms of tackling, and I think that was still evident a little bit, but... In terms of willingness to go and hunt the ball down, that was spot on. It was fantastic to see.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. you. You've got the gist of why I like Mark Davis playing deep because I think he can get... Because whenever he's playing in an attacking position, he always tends to come really deep for the ball, Like even coming towards the defence to pick it up and bring it forward himself. So I think if he's playing in that, if he's already in that deeper position, he doesn't, he's not, we're not sacrificing an attacking player to get him on the ball. He's already on it. Then he's got options in front of him. And I think you're right if Medin had the link-up ability that Heskey did, we'd be such a better side, because Heskey he's, he picked him out, it was our best chance on goal when Heskey was, obviously got his shot clear off the line, but it was um, it was Matt Davis and Heskey linking up that led to Clough getting played through, and obviously then the rebound going to Heskey, but Matt Davis's fellow midfielder was Neil Now obviously people aren't exactly liking him starting ahead of Josh Feller and Jay Spearing, but I thought he had his Another good game. His third good game in a row. So, Liam, what, how do you think Dan's did? Do you think he's justifying his place?
1: Yeah, definitely. He's playing well. You know, it's it's good to see. Really, I know. Obviously, in the past, we've we've had a bit of a laugh at <laughs> Neil Dan's expense. You know, and uh, you know his form maybe wasn't there as much as it could have been last season because we forget that when we signed him, a lot of us were very impressed when he originally yeah, came well. in on loan. You know, particularly with how, how quick he is and the dynamism that he could put in midfield, yeah. it, took a bit of the, um, it took a bit of the responsibility off Pratley to do that. And it, it was very good when he originally came in. So to see him really taking the game by the scruff of the neck, particularly as he did against Blackburn, yeah, it was good. It was, it was one of the, quite a lot of positives from yeah. Friday night, really.
0: Yeah, dance people forget this, but dance was very good for us right until the moment he got sent off against Liverpool. And from that moment onwards, he was absolutely atrocious until... The start of this season, but same to you, Tom. You've written, you wrote, I've written, you wrote quite a detailed piece on the yesterday men, air quotes as you called them. So, what did you think of Dan's? Anyone else you thought impressed you? I thought,
2: I thought Dan's was really good. I mean, every team sheet I've seen this season that hasn't had Josh Feller in the starting eleven, I've had a, a moan about it because for me, he's as important to us as Zach Clough is going forward. I think Josh Feller's are technically our most gifted midfielder. Um, and, he, and at his age, he needs to be playing. Um, but in away games like that, where you're coming up against a direct team, um, Neil Dance definitely has a place in in the squad, if not on, in the starting lineup. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I mean, I posted a couple of tweets about how impressed I was with him, and and a couple of people um, disagreed with me and, and said that they didn't think he was he was very good. But in terms of battling, winning the ball back, getting himself about, uh, trying to drive it forward. I thought he was very good, and what I liked in particular was he was playing the simple ball to the players that he knew could give us something going forward. He was looking particularly for Mark Davis, Clough, and, and uh, Silver, and he was trying to get the ball to them as quickly as possible because he probably knew that they could do more on the ball uh, that he could. Um, I think as well he's benefiting from having a, a good back four behind him, yeah. um, because I mean, to, to a man, each of them would, was very, very good. On Friday night, I was really impressed with the back four.
0: Yeah, anyone in particular? I say I thought Devi, apart from his silly second challenge, which even though the first one was not a buck in a million years from my memory, obviously you watched it on the telly, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought Devi has really stepped up this season after starting well for us and then going shite. But now he's found his form again. I think he's being a real leader at the back. Obviously, we're going to miss him when Wolves come to town. But which is a shame. So yeah, did anyone else who
2: else impress you at the back? So. Um with defeat with that second challenge, I mean, as a defender it happens all the time when when the striker opens his body up, you, you get a glimpse of the ball and you think, I've got this, this is mine. You throw your foot in and before you know it he's two yards past you and he's he's on the deck. Um it was it was a silly foul, but in the last minute they, they were having a bit of they were pressing forward. Um it was getting a bit nervy. It was it was a silly foul, but um Apart from that, I thought he was brilliant. I thought Prince, although he makes me really nervous yeah, when he's mistakes, he, His mistakes made
0: yeah. a bit of an ugly head. Like I, I like Prince, I think he's really good and the very shrewd signing, but there is mistakes in him. You can tell that he fucked up three times in the first half and had Blackburn not had Nathan Delfonso playing up front for him, he probably would have went ahead, but please continue.
2: Yeah, he's, he's he is really good on the ball, but I think he knows it as well. Yeah. Um, and sometimes where we've been used to, I mean, last season when Paddy McCarthy came in, yeah. what was what was good to see was a defender just doing the basic thing and, and clearing it either out out of play or up the field. Whereas he's doing that as an absolute last resort, and he he wants to play out of the back. Which, to be honest, I've got no problem with whatsoever. But he does make me nervous. Mm. L- luckily, so far he's he's not given me reason reason to be. And then the fullbacks. I thought Wilson was solid again. I mean, you know, you're not going to get much from him going forward, um, but I think he did really well. And Moxie was Moxie was outstanding. Yes. I, th- I thought I thought that's probably better than the Derby game. I thought he was I thought he was really good.
0: Same to you Liam, is there any defence, well do you echo what Tom says in terms of the defenders and who else did you think in general played well on Friday night?
1: Well I very much echo what Tom said in terms of the defence, I think all four of them you could pat on the back in terms of having a really good game. I really, really like Prince, I think I do agree that there is a mistake in him Mm. but I think in terms of his pace and the fact he reads the game so well, the amount of through balls that used to get through us when we were having defenders like Weeter and Zach Knight there, for him it's just not a problem. He, he just steps back and he deals with it these you know they, they used to be chances for the other team when they did slip one between our two defenders but he, he's on the ball straight away I mean I worry when he's got the ball at his feet I, I, I yeah, worry it's a, a, it's a bit like Mayte it reminds me of <laughs> Mayte he's got that he's got that sort of <laughs> shaky he looks
0: stuff. like he doesn't know what he's doing but he actually yeah.
1: does yeah but, you know I, I can live with that it hasn't happened yet I will jump on him when it does but it hasn't happened yet
0: <laughs> yeah I'm sure everyone will
1: um, Wilson's been fantastic, though. I will, I will take a second to talk about Wilson because he's been absolutely spot on. I mean, obviously, when we signed him, there was the idea, I suppose even Lennon alluded to himself that perhaps he would be fighting for his place more often than being a dead cert for that right position. But, you know, as far as taking your chances with both fans' goes, he has been brilliant. Really, really good, and I don't mind that he doesn't get forward. You know, we've not had a good right back for years, and half the reason is because he always get lost yeah. up there. You know, he has been brilliant, and for me, as long as long as that form keeps going, do not move him because he's been spot on. Um, and as well, Amos, I've been impressed yeah, with Amos. Yeah, he's not really got to mention. He goes without
0: I, saying that he's just good on it. I well, exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. He's been he's been brilliant. You know, I mean, it, the command of the the penalty area is a real. That that particular has been really good to see, and I really can't fault him. And obviously, he had the benefit of spending some time with us last year, and you know, it was off on, on that platform really that he did sign for us eventually. But you know, he's a, really he's got a different back four in front of him now than he than he even had the back end of last season, and the connection between them already seems fantastic. So that whole unit, even with Spearing has done well when he's played in front of them as well. That whole unit looks a lot better and you can only say that it's a big arrow to how well Neil Lennon yeah. is doing slowly at Bolton mm-hmm.
0: I think what's really refreshing with the defence I agree with both of you completely every defender can hold their hand up and like they've done well the last time we had a, a sure def- defence I don't remember because I wasn't around for the Eldice days but um, what's really refreshing to see is that we have options every every spot in the back line now has backup there's Pisano Wilson there's Moxie, Casado and then there's Derek, Weeter, Prince, Devee and then the young. You know, we've got a wealth of young lads who can make a step up, we've seen it with Holden, Taylor, probably not White but we've got enough back up there and it's really refreshing to see but enough about positive things because you know, as we're known to do on Line of Vienna, we have to make, talk about some negatives every now and then and it's not working yet for going with Dean or Zach club, for that matter is it Tom?
2: No, just to quote you, Dan, he's not surprised a few yet, has he? No. I, uh, I would, but... Do you know? I'm. I'm. wasn't I am i was not i was not entirely excited when we signed him. No, no, but you the were fact that I mean,
0: pessimistic. I yeah,
2: know. yeah. I mean, anyone from Blackpool is yeah. is a bad sign. But I mean, if if Emil Heskia, nearly 38 years old, is coming on and doing more in 15 minutes yeah. than Gary Medine is, then then you know we've got a real real problem up front. I mean that there was the moment in the first half where the yeah. uh, was it Sil- silver who played it over the top.
0: Yeah, silver um, or, it was from the left side. so It was either silver and Moxie. I mean,
2: it's coming over his shoulder onto his right foot. He's in behind the fullback. He's got a nice first touch. He's 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 opened it up. And what on earth he's doing trying to play it back rather than it? I don't know what he was doing. He
0: brought it I mean, so well as well. He did the hard bit.
2: Nobody nobody would have. Would have had a goal at him if he'd have missed the target there, because you've got to have a goal, you've got to sh- have a shot on goal there, Um and it just went downhill from there. I mean, Heskey, my my mate is a is a big Emil Heskey fan, and uh, he was counting the amount of headers that Heskey had won, and I think he'd won like six aerial battles in in fifteen minutes, and you just think, I mean, uh Duffy and Hanley,
0: yeah.
2: they bo- they bossed me, they absolutely bossed him. Um, so he's he's really struggling. He's really struggling.
0: It is painful to watch a striker play with no confidence. Like, I'm not I'm not saying if Medine had confidence that he'd be setting the world alight, but if one of those headers that had gone in against Derby, or if the, even the penalty like last week, even though the confidence ship had long since sailed, then He's just we might be seeing a different player now because he just does. He looks whenever he doesn't miss out on a header. He or whenever he does miss out on a header, sorry, he just looks dejected, and I think. The real problem with Medina is, even though he bat- he does a good job for the team, he does he does battle hard, he does win the ball a lot. He did have a tough job against Blackburn with Duffy and Hanley, as you say. But um, he doesn't have any instincts. He's not anticipating where the ball's going to be. He's always on his heels instead of his toes, and he just he doesn't look he doesn't be lucky. He's not making the runs, and it's just quite bad to see. I think if we don't sign another striker, then I think with bad news is coming. But same to you, Liam. What did you make at Medine on Friday? A
1: bit disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. Particularly because he looked good in pre-season, and yeah. I must admit, in the derby game, I was—I felt like I was turned. I thought he's—he's he's all right, this lad. But you know, just—it's just not happening. And when you compare him to Heskey, like Tom did, I mean, it's just miles apart, isn't it? You know, the willingness—I think—is the main thing. I think. It comes with Heskey, though. What we what we miss is the fact that he has got that experience, and he he's he's built his game knowing that he isn't a goal, particularly a goal-scoring player. So he you know he he's got that in these locker to affect the game, not necessarily score, but know how to affect the game. Perhaps Medine needs to look at Heskey because I do think that there is talent there in Gary Medine, and that's what I'm finding frustrating. But we can't have passengers in the team. If he's not performing, he needs to come out. But the problem is, who do you put in? Yeah. But we've got we've got 24 hours, haven't we, to try and mm. do something to try and because at the moment one goal in five games, you have to blame them, him and Clough equally. You have to look at them and go, look, yeah. you know, where would we be? You've had chances, yeah. you've had chances, both of them. So something really needs to be done, yeah. and it's a bit concerning because everything else is there it
0: is there uh, I think with Clough it's very important that the fans don't start getting on his back now because you know we've had See, that... I,
1: disagree, I disagree Dan because I, I think... think we can criticise we're him t- we're don't talk... get me wrong no, we're talking about a man that we're actually saying we're building the team around yeah, yeah. if he's not if he's not creating then he yeah. needs to be judged on the basis of everyone true, else
0: true. and I'm not saying we shouldn't criticise him don't get me wrong but he's not been he's been quiet in his games he's he, 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 he too looks short on confidence, he's not turning up, he's not running, turning at players, aside from that running at St. Don's, he's not turning at players, he's not having shots, he does look, did have um, void of confidence, but, I think, whilst it is fair to criticise him, and all of us online do, when it's justified, it's important that the fans don't start getting really frustrated and getting on his back at this point, because, we've put all the pressure on him, I know it's, it's his fault, kind of, for being really good, but, we've put the pressure on this 20 year old, and, it's, we can't. We can It'd be foolish just to rely completely on a kid. Basically, I. I wouldn't be surprised. It's good. I'm glad the international breaks come now because it's a good chance for him to and Medine to just get in and just get some work done. But I could potentially see if there was a game this week. Well, a proper game. I could potentially have seen Clough maybe coming out and Matt Davis going further up and then putting his Vela back in because I think. What's Chris? If you're reading if you're listening to this, would probably be disagreeing, shaking his head now saying, No, there's no point dropping him now, we need to show confidence in him. I think you know, there's always good to give him a rest. It is important that we don't get his back now because if we do and his head goes even drops even further, we could you no, know, we don't want to blow his confidence forever, but I think that's Blackburn fairly well covered unless there's actually no, there's something I do want to ask. Both of you. You mentioned Heskey a lot then when compared when talking about Medine. Does it not worry you that our only plan B, if things aren't going that well, is to throw Heskey? Absolutely, oh, Tom. Is that absolutely,
2: absolutely. Um, it is a worry because you know exactly what's what's coming. You know that um, Heskey's going to come on with twenty minutes or so to go, and although he is having an impact, yeah, is. it is. not it's not resulting in points on the board, is it? Um, it's we're getting close, but it's it's no cigar at the minute um it's very predictable what's going to happen when we're struggling for me I agree totally with what you said Dan Wolves at home um I I wouldn't necessarily call it dropping Clough but I think if Clough starts on the bench and I think if he comes on with 20 minutes to go against a few tight a few tired legs comes on runs at people I think it'll do his confidence a world of good Mm. into the next few games um I wouldn't necessarily call it dropping him, but I think a good twenty minutes where he makes things happen will do more for his confidence yeah, than than ninety minutes where he's been man marked. Mm.
0: I think my only qualm with Lennon as a manager so far and I'm, it's like I love Lennon, don't get me wrong, but if we're gonna criticise people fairly, I've got to say it's like I think his substitutions aren't the best. He seems very he seems very um reactive rather than preactive and I don't like how like I said, Heskey's the only plan B when he could have Vella, and who, you know, as Tom mentioned, is one of our most technically gifted players. I would always call back to the Derby game when we really had, uh, when we were really in the ascendancy, and we you know we were hitting the bar three times. I think if Vella had come on then for Dan to give us a bit more impetus going forward, I think we would have won that. Or even Matt Davis, because Davis was on the bench then as well. If one yeah. of those two had to come on at that point, I think we would have won that game. So, Liam, is anything you'd like to add on as you're one of Lennon's biggest defenders on all things?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'd completely disagree with you there, Dan. Of course. Um, I, think, I think if you're creating chances and you hit the bar three times... I know, done... I do agree. I do agree. <laughs> you're playing well, aren't you? Yeah, I, I wouldn't you. change anything then. But no, I mean, in terms of where Neil Lennon is, I think it's it really is a slow process. Yeah. He, he, he hasn't got the tools to, to change things in a day. And no. he probably does see Heskey as i I actually think Heskey's is plan A. I, I think plan A is to bring Heskey on with twenty to go <laughs> yeah. to yeah. <laughs> i I think that's the plan to be in the game with yeah. twenty minutes to go. um <laughs> you know i mean before that we've got we've got no teeth whatsoever i mean it, it but, uh, yeah i mean of course it's worrying, but how can you get a striker in with no money exactly. It's, how, how much can Vela really affect a game from deep in midfield with 15-20 minutes to go? I think it, is, yeah, he can do yeah. if he comes on a bit later, but he hasn't really got the options. And I I, I suppose he's probably, like us, felt that Wellington was going to be a bit better than what he is.
0: I, I I've him with Wellington time. I agree. I don't think his end product doesn't seem up to much yet. I know, he's, he's probably not had too much of a pre-season and... Um, He's only just come in, but I think Give Wellingtons. I've given this two week training with his new teammates now. And I think I think he'll come good because he's a dangerous player for us, and he's a player who's explosive and really pacey. So we've not had someone like him for a while. Yeah. Got a bit of
1: attitude as well. He
0: has. He's fiery, and I, I do quite kind of like that. I think he were right. I know he should have probably should have got sent no off for that kick out. But do you just know see, um, was it Henley wrestle Clough to the ground? like not having any of that fair play. I'll, I'd rather Silver do that than pussyfoot around it personally. If there's no more thoughts on Blackburn lads. Any more closing statements?
1: Uh,
2: no, just he should have walked. He should have gone. Brilliant. Straight red.
0: Seriously, I <laughs> I suppose that even out there with Deveat, so when, who should have been? So that referee, to close it, my closing statement, that referee was a fucking dickhead. Right, that's Blackburn covered, and we'll be back in a minute with you know, the news that's been going on in the Macron in the past week or so. Stay where you are. <laughs> Hello there and welcome back to The Loft Pod episode 25. I'm still here with Tom and Liam. And this is segment two where we're going to chat about all the all the things, good and bad, that have come out of Bolton Wanderers in the past week or so. So first of all, lads, about Wednesday was it, last week I think? Wednesday? That, I think that sounds about right. Some worrying rumblings started coming out of the Reebok stadium. No, sorry, the Macron stadium. There rumours of Gartside leaving... Which have now been quite well, were on the same day, dispelled quite quickly. There's financial bad news as we're like the top of the well, we have the most debt in the Championship, which you know is always a cheery sight, at least we're winning something. And then I think Thursday or Friday, whenever it was, it came out that we were up for sale for £30 million. So for half of Kevin de Bruyne, and for you know, the price of young Anthony Marshall, who has scored a grand total of 11 goals in his young career up to date you could buy yourself Bolton Wanderers, so we'll come to you first, Liam. What are your thoughts on all the rumblings of financial disparity and whatnot coming out of Bolton this week?
1: Well, I'm not going to touch too much on our illustrious leader. Yeah, I think cause... that's fair. I think that's,
0: <laughs> quick, I think that's quickly debunked, so there's no... Yeah,
1: let's 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 not worry too much about that, because I've not, you know... Um, but <laughs> That was a very good Twitter rumour, though. I will, yeah, it was... I will that. It got everybody going. Yeah, I'm, I had uh, 10 texts. At about half nine asking where's he going what's going on we had a I, live blog
0: which was quite funny
1: yeah, we, had a, we had a live blog and I, I didn't have a clue what was going on <laughs> um, But the, because there wasn't anything but well done to whoever started that now in terms of us more financial bad news oof, I mean yeah I mean when you're looking to try and get an overdraft and having issues it. I mean that, that is bad That is bad. I mean it's just like anyone else getting one. The bank looks at it in terms of how effectively you can repay that debt. So when you're when you're struggling to get those, and that that is very concerning. In terms of being for sale for thirty million, I think we've known we're for sale for quite some time. And I think quite a few of us have estimated ourselves that the price would be anything from twenty five up to about forty million. So the figure doesn't really surprise me. It just looks in terms of a return for the assets. It's probably a bit high, actually, if I'm being open with you. But, yeah, I mean, there's no real surprises in terms of what's been coming out this week. So,
0: same to you, Tom. How do you feel about all the stuff that's been happening?
1: Well, a loan, no matter how much it is,
2: isn't good news, is it? Um, yeah. Especially especially for a club in our position. Is
0: it a £6 million loan from that company or something?
2: In yeah, I think we'd been refused, to that. We'd been refused the £5 million overdraft. Um, and as a result, we then took the loan out. Um, what's even more worrying is it's based or, or it's set against our assets, which is well. This could be us losing ownership of the training ground, uh, the hotel, or the land around the, the stadium. But um, it's not good. Um, I mean, the fact that the club's for sale for thirty million. You'd have to think that the debt would be wiped yeah because nobody is going to to buy Bolton Wanderers for effectively what would be two hundred and ten million pounds no one's going to do that it's uh, you'd you'd you sooner shut the club would just get shut down wouldn't it um so you'd assume that Davis would cut his losses and and the club would be sold for thirty million and do you know what for him to take a hundred and fifty million pound loss yeah. you'd have to you'd have to say that
0: fucking statue
2: yeah well you'd have to say that you know £180 million that he's given to us over the years has kept this club running Um, and I know we're in debt but it's been classed as a soft debt hasn't it because he might not ask for it back and you'd have to assume that if he's looking to sell that he's not going to ask for it back because nobody in their right mind is going to pay £210 million for Vaught Wanderers the club would get wound up so that could be good news, depending on who buys it.
0: Yeah. Um, Liam, as a salesman yourself, uh, a man who works in sales, um, are Bolton, you know, for that price, do you think they're a tempting proposition to any budding football owner
1: out there? Well, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? I mean, Tom's really touched on the crux of the issue, which is the debt. Yeah. Take, take the debt out of the equation, then very much so, because with promotion... The, the value goes up anything between five and tenfold. You know, you look at what Fulham went for two years ago. Yeah. It, went, it was it was a figure nearly ten times that. So when they're in the Premier League, it's, it's completely different. And a lot of business owners, you look at clubs like Leicester, Nottingham Forest, these are business owners that are buying them at this level and then taking them to the Premier League yeah. to make, to make money. In terms oh. of, yeah, look at the stock if you look at it as from a stock perspective, it there is a short-term investment for a long-term gain there, but it all comes down to the debt. It, yeah. that, it, what, what's, I mean, until the, until we know what the plan is there, then, I mean, for, it, it's just, you just can't say whether people would be interested or not, but it, it seems as though they have been, because we know of at least two consortiums that have been in advanced talks in terms of buying it. Now, obviously, they seem to have, have gone no. Yeah. well the the crux of the matter must be the debt, because for thirty million for the because they are quite expensive assets as well. The land around it is substantial. Um, so, if it was just the assets, then a lot of companies would look at it as you know a decent gamble. Really,
0: mm, it's just a shame with the debt. Obviously, I think one of the other rumblings on that Wednesday was that wasn't it that Lennon had been refused or you know, the club had refused Lennon to sign. Rotherham United's Jordan Bowery on a 4k a week contract obviously I think the scarier part of that news is that um, we will eat with Jordan Bowery more than <laughs> we can't pay him because Jesus Christ if that's the best we can hope for then I think we will go down but so Tom obviously I think the Jordan Bowery rumours are oh, if there were anything there at all it doesn't look anything like that will happen now but would you are you quite worried that that seems to be the level of target with you know, if. Going for when James Vaughan's apparently going to Wigan. If if
2: Phil Gartside is the one who's given this the kibosh and said we're not having Jordan Bowery for four grand a week, I'd happily give an extra four grand a week to Phil Gartside for his wage
0: because
2: <laughs> that's. I mean, he gets a lot of stick. Does big Phil, but um, any reason not to sign? A, you know, a League One striker. I don't necessarily have a problem with us dipping into the lower divisions because there are some decent players there but not someone who's, who's got a scoring record like Bowery's yeah. so I mean the bigger issue um, joking aside is the fact that if the money isn't there on Tuesday, Wednesday of this week where's it going to come from in the next 24 hours because God knows we need, we need a centre forward before the end of the transfer deadline tomorrow Indeed. but if the money isn't there in midweek what's, what's to say it's going to be there tomorrow?
0: It's like we don't know if anything of the Bowie rumours were true, but there were there were worrying, you know, cryptic tweets from the likes of Nixon and whatnot saying. I think someone asked him about the likes of chances of signing a striker or something, and he said something that was quite ominous. But yeah, same to you, Liam. And what were your thoughts first on the links with Bowie, then the apparent nature of us not being able to afford him for four grand a week?
1: It's, it's not a great link, is it? You know, I think you two have covered that in
0: yeah.
1: quite some detail there, so I'm not going to sort of cover Graham. But what I would say is that in terms of that being news, really, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a club where every single manager gets every single player that they want. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I love Neil Lennon as much as anybody, but I'd be very concerned if we gave him, you know, just said, OK, here's five grand to spend and he could spend it on anybody. You know, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just for me that just day to day running, isn't it? He, he can't, he, he must, he must call to someone and say, I want this player, and they can look at it and go, Are, are you serious? <laughs> <Damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see the news in it, if I'm being honest.
0: Well, one signing that did get confirmed, even though we all knew about it for quite a long time, was the signing of is it Juan or is it what's his first name? I know it's something, man- is it Juan Manuel? I'm pretty sure it's joined on, yeah. We'll go with that. Joan Manuel Casado, the left-back who was released from Almerea um, as they were relegated from the La Liga last year. Obviously, was teammates with um, our own Wellington Silva now. so I, I'm, I'm sure none of us have actually seen Casado playing. If we have, we didn't know about it, really. So, Liam, back to you. I'm, are you happy with this signing? He seems like he'll be decent cover for Moxie, should the unthinkable happen.
1: Yeah, it seems as though we've done our work. You know, he's he's been at the club and around the club for quite some time now, and it seems an informed decision. So, yeah, you know, um, it seems good. I mean, it's it, it's a bonus sure that he's worked with Wellington before yeah, because there's, suppose, yeah, there's going to be some link up on that side perhaps. But I'm talking without really knowing. So of we've we've done our homework. As we all do. Yeah, exactly. He's he's been at the club long enough, and they've made an informed decision. So yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, Tom Many. Any disagreement there? I presume not.
1: Um, I, I, I know
2: nothing about him, so I can't really <laughs> pass pass any judgment on him. But he's gonna have to uh, he's gonna have to impress. To <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. He's gonna have to impress to uh, to take over from Dean Mox's spot in the squad <laughs> at the minute.
0: Tim Ream, who, who is Tim Ream? I don't I don't know. I've never heard of him. But anyway, a so departure from the club this week is uh, the first of many, I presume, of young lads. Going get some loan time, so Fre- Oscar Freckeld has joined Plymouth Argyle on loan until is it January? I think it was, and um, he's there with you know he's obviously going to the club that did Andy Kelly so much joy last season. So yeah, but Tom, are you happy that a youngster's getting some game time? So I think Freckeld more than others really needs it and needs to prove himself this year. He is to make it a ball.
2: Yeah, I mean when he's when he's played in the first team, he hasn't looked ready. Um, Norwich away last season was. Was particularly painful to watch, and to be honest, it did. It did Calvert a world of good going out on loan. I mean, he scored that brilliant goal for them, uh, which is pretty much all I saw of him at Plymouth. But you know, it's it's a chance for him to go and get some first team experience. And Kellett came back a better player, um, and ended you know, he ended up at Man United at, uh, by the end of the season, didn't he? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a good move for him.
0: Yeah, I think he's. He seems to have the aura of a man who thinks he's already made it, and I think actually going and playing some proper football, you know, League 2 is a league of hard knocks, one would imagine, so playing some good football, well, proper football, and getting natural first-team experience will be good for him. I think, I hope he gets some actual time playing centre-back, because he seems to be branded as a right-back or even a midfielder these days, but his natural position was always a centre-back, so hopefully he gets some time in his natural position. But another person we were linked with who had you know, a name that scared me quite a lot was former Blackpool, Swansea Brighton creative midfielder Andre Orlandi who was on trial with the club for a week or so I think and and apparently his financial demands have priced him out of a deal I'm not too worried about that as I am with the rumours of Bowery not being able to sign because Orlandi strikes me as a person who prices himself out of many deals as he overrates himself quite a bit he's not very good and apparently he's off to Cyprus now so Liam are you I, firstly are you happy we're not signing Andrea
1: Orlandi there's a lot I don't get about this actually on. you, number one why are we taking some someone on loan waiting a week before we find out that we can't afford them
0: was it wasn't our trial just, first oh you know so yeah, I knew what you mean. see if we can't there afford must, him
1: first yeah, there, there must be some yeah. sort of idea what this kind of player you know what the player wants mm-hmm. I mean if, if it turns out that he's come on trial I know it looks as though, to a degree, we've asked the question to yeah. find out that we can't afford him. It just seems to me like we're tiptoeing around an obvious question as to to his agent. Well, what sort of figure okay. is he going to be looking for? <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> I just don't get how a week down the line we can we can find out, Oh we, no, we can't. We can't afford you. Actually, it just it just seems it smacks of unprofessionalism to me. I just just a bit of a waste of time. Mm. I, I mean, I wish him the best of luck in Cyprus, but I just I just don't get it. I, I, I just... We, we could, should have known this.
0: Yeah, I think you'll be linking up with... Uh, remember Simeon Slavchev who played a grand sort of one game for us? Oh, yeah. I think he's off his Cyprus now as well, so, you know, let him pull the blinder. with that. nice
1: place. Nice, nice place, to be fair. Is,
0: I, I bet, I bet. But, Tom, what were your thoughts on, you know, hearing the news that we had Landy on trial? I think, to me, he just seems like a Dobby Mark too and I'd much rather have Dobby.
2: I just... When I saw the name, I just thought, please, no. Just please, no. Um. The thing that, that Liam mentioned about why we're having players on trial and, you know, waiting to see if we can afford them, you think that Pisano was almost done for about two and a half weeks, yeah. uh, just waiting for Tim Reen to go. So, un- unless, I mean, maybe they were thinking that someone would be going for Orlando to come in and they had him on trial to get him training with the squad and, and seeing the place, but I really don't know. Um I'm not, I'm not bothered that he's gone yeah. to Cyprus rather than to Bolton. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I, I, it was another name that I immediately rejected, seeing you know, as I saw him link with us because he's not a very good footballer. I think, I think he's just overrated because he has a fancy-sounding name. But oh, well, last bit of transfer news, something that broke today actually, it doesn't really concern Bolton too much, but it's that form, you know, former Bolton Loney Barry Bannon has finally left Crystal Palace. He's gone to Sheffield Wednesday on a free transfer. So obviously Sheffield Wednesday have a bit of money now, so they're probably picking up all of his wages. But Liam, are you at all disappointed that you know we didn't try and get him back uh, are you just letting it go? Like all the other loanies down the years?
1: I'm very disappointed. I was a particularly big big fan of Barry Bannon. but at the same time it, it makes sense, doesn't it? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it and good luck to him, but yeah, there there is some disappointment there.
0: Tom, are you annoyed or disappointed that we've not gone in for him and he's gone to a club who look well, they look like they are going places now Wednesday with probably signing either Rhodes or um, some other ten million pounds. So Hooper, another one we like to link ourselves with by tomorrow's deadline. So are you annoyed? That's all?
2: Um on the pitch, yes, because I think he was he was decent for us. I know what's coming there. But the silver lining is I can now unfollow the world's <laughs> worst Twitter account.
0: <laughs> Did you not see what he called someone before? Uh, go on. Well, let me get it up. It was really funny. But yeah, yeah, he's a. His he's, a...
2: he's, he's, his Twitter account's just. Oh my goodness me! What a personality! What a personality! Where
1: is it? Where is it? I think I think he's rivaling Rob Hall for that for that award. <laughs> yeah, out. that's a good point.
2: Well, at least at least Rob Hall humours you with his like fifteen-year-old slang.
1: <laughs> I couldn't follow him I couldn't he's gone he went very quickly Rob just. he just creeped me out I had to oh, delete it
0: oh for god's sake Barry what are you doing basically someone called him and he called him fat no, it's, no yeah. Like he's deleted it but someone called him saying he was not a Premier League midfielder or something a Villa fan and he just went chase fat boy or something I was like that's so like, did he? not offensive did he say
2: something about his mum as well it, yeah
0: it didn't quite go that far but yeah it was like thing is the, the guy's profile picture
1: was like a black dude with a six pack so
0: I just I, I, unless he's like scrolled through his photos and saw real photos of him and he was fat it's,
1: it's, it's not quite in the same league as Ryan Babel offensive tweet is it Jesus, what a dick Ooh. what
0: a bell- <laughs> what, what is he doing I think I think Mark i summed that up pretty well with his tweet saying the ironic part is that he never learned the offside rule his four years at Liverpool so, <laughs> it's like, on. He's, he's on fire market recently but so that's it. Chance for news. There's deadline day tomorrow. We might have a live blog on Line of Vienna, but it depends if I can be bothered because it doesn't seem like most people are because we don't think... Many people among the Line of Vienna Facebook group don't think we're going to sign anyone tomorrow. But, Tom, do you, can you see us doing any business?
2: Um, I'm going to be constantly checking Twitter I'm yeah. um, the inevitable... Transfer deadline day disappointment will hit. We'll probably be linked with Ned Aminua at eleven o'clock in the morning. Leroy Lee and Marlon Harewood and not
1: nothing will happen. Uh,
0: Liam, do you think anything will happen at all?
1: Possibly. Possibly. I I don't think so, but usually we we flirt with the idea, don't we? I like to start a rumour as well with Gary Taylor Fletcher. We'll see if that gets any here. Oh ready.
2: my god. Please,
1: do Every time. Every
0: time. (laughs) We were talking before the podcast, Liam, about footballers who look like they shouldn't be footballers, but are still half-decent at football, and that was in terms of John Walters, but Gary Taylor-Fletcher is your winner, because he should be an electrician, not a fucking Premier League footballer, as he once was. But yeah, I think... In terms of deadline day, I think Lennon, Lennon strikes me as the man who likes to do business, like try and get some bargains done on the last day. I don't know if that's actually true from his time at Celtic, Liam.
1: Not particularly, no. He's always been someone who's relied heavily on his on his scouting system. I think we're seeing that a little bit in terms of looking abroad a bit more in terms of our signings, but he's never really been one to rush it. Oh. I imagine that when Lennon was saying that he'd rather the window was shut now, that that is pretty much spot on, unless one really becomes available that we'd be interested in, it's not really his style.
0: Well, that shot me down and destroyed all my vague hopes, but I have there's a twinge in me that just thinks we'll get something in. It might not be good, it'll probably be disappointing, it'll probably be Jordan fucking Bowery, no way I look, but if we get a striker in of any, you know, of any type of quality, of something that's a bit different to Medina Heskey, then I'll be through gritted because you all know how I feel about Team Ream going. I think I will be happy with our summer of dealings. But yeah, I think we'll have to give a before we close this segment off. I think a shout out is due to the Bolton Under 21s for winning the Manchester FA Senior Cup. What a shit name! Final as they beat City 1-0 with a Quade Taylor goal in like the opening five minutes. So fair play to them. I think we had we had a more experienced team out than them. They have, you know, twelve million a year going into the academy, so we'll take any victory there in these parts. I'm no doubt Tom Beloy will have a more in-depth look at it than me. And one finally, I think congratulations are due to Mr. and Mrs. Well Stuart Holden and then his wife Caroline. Caroline, Caroline,
1: is that what her name is? Uh, um,
2: yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Like that. Well, congratulations I've to I've both of my, them. Uh, I've not got my players' wide spreadsheet ready. Sorry, call <laughs> me off oh, that My there. apologies.
0: Congratulations to both of them because they've announced that they're expecting their first child. So yay! I think that's him that up. I think that's Stu done. To be honest, I think there's no reason for no, him to come back now. I'm, but I'm in the baby. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. He's he's got a good father for it. So anyway, we'll close that segment up there and talk. Well, we'll talk about Mother Wealth preview. God knows how long that'll last. Probably not very. See you in a minute. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to segment three of Wolf Porn episode 25. This time we're going to have a very short, I imagine, preview of the weird mid-season friendly against Motherwell on Saturday. But before we get to that, Liam, I forgot to mention something earlier. And obviously you weren't on last week to join in in this furious debate. But there's a new song getting played around the Macron stage. I don't know if you heard it. It's called. You might have heard of the band, though. It's this little band, this little local band called The Jade Assembly. (laughs) And they've done a version of The Bird and Aces, so... Oh, have they? Yeah, so Ah, why don't you just... I hear you've got strong (laughs) opinions on this matter, so why don't you just tell our lovely listeners just exactly what you think of the song.
1: Well, why? Why, why, why? They need to let it go. And Before I get even into the song, I'm going to point this straight at The Jade Assembly. Let it go, boys. It's not happening. You've tried. You know, I've I've seen you for years. You know, it's good. It's great, but it hasn't happened, has it? It's time to let it go. But moving on to the song, why? Oh, God. Just why? It's yeah. I mean, is it good? No. But if it was, just why? Why are you getting involved? It's just yeah. It's oh, I don't even know where to start. It's you've got. It's like a really poor blue moon at City, which is embarrassing anyway when they do that rock version. So it's like a worse version of that. It's just every time, I feel like I lose a major organ and I'm cringing every time I hear it.
0: <laughs> I'm just looking at the volume meter that just keeps going to bright red every time you like start speaking.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure there are some people out there that like it. Uh-huh. If you do, please don't talk to me about it. And uh, I'll, <laughs> while that's on, I'll just pretend that it's not on, and we'll we'll get on just fine. Oh, Tom, have you got anything to add to that? Do you
0: want
2: to disagree? I, no, absolutely not. I completely agree with what Liam said. It's forced fun. At it's absolute worst. Um, I heard it four times against Nottingham Forest, and it's so cringeworthy. I mean, it, I used to laugh at City and and Blackburn for doing like a a rock and roll version of. What is their song? We're doing a rock and roll version of our version of Newcastle United's song. Um,
0: is it just Newcastle's absolute... song? I think every team north of Birmingham sings it, to be fair. I'm well, uh, well it,
2: it, it was it was theirs initially because it's like the Bladen races or something like that. I have no idea. Um, so it's, it's a Newcastle song, but everyone's taking it on. But it's not ours. Like and Blue Moon is City, Blue Cities, Wild Rover is Blackburn's. We we don't just just why? It's, oh, it's it's so so bad. I kinda
0: like it. But moving on <laughs> Right, I've said this before. I like it in the sense that I, I would never listen to it on my iPod at all. Or like you know when I'm not when I'm anywhere else, but I think it's just got the right feel for a football ground and I'm just glad that we have something that's asked for a change. No. what about
1: The Wanderer what, just, what, what's, what's wrong no, with I that I do like
0: that as well I wish we'd have stuck with that but it's still there it's still getting played and whatnot. just always... don't play
1: anything just just leave it just play no. some some nice they had Northern Soul on the other week that was alright you know <laughs> yeah.
2: wasn't... just
1: why oh, do you know, do you know
2: the, the worst bit about it is they say faces in a in a received pronunciation they say it in a very neutral and then they say aces very Boltonian and that's what winds me up more than the rest of it. Not even consistent. Not even consistent so, with their action.
0: Well,
1: I think you need to stop listening to it. I think it
0: matches well with Bolton then because you know we're very inconsistent as well. So it's all good. It's all good. But moving on, we've got a game this week. Even though it's the international break, we've got a game still, and thankfully because it's going to make this podcast a little bit longer. So lucky you. But um, we we you know we travel up to Motherwell to play a friend. I can't. What's the guy's name? Because I forgot to look it up. Kevin Macy no, or something. something like Come on, Liam. You like Scottish football? You weirdo. Uh,
1: hang on. Let me stall you while I check my iPhone, and I'll let you know exactly yeah. who it is.
0: Yeah, we're we're travelling <laughs> up for this silver-haired guy's testimonial from Liverpool. He's been there for like well, ten years, obviously. And why
2: Bolton? Do we know?
0: The only the only link I can think of is that Lennon, you in know, Scotland. So he's <laughs> even doing it as a favour. <laughs> He's either doing it as a favour or he's friends with the guy's testimonial. It is, it's the only link. But it's I, think, again.
1: I, I think it's just a case of we're happy with the game. You know, keep, keep yeah. ourselves fresh and they were looking for somebody. Well, I think it's as simple as
0: that. Well, that was going to be my question. I was going to say, should we be playing a friendly mid-season? Tom, I'll go to you since Liam's a, probably still looking at his phone. Um, Are you happy that we're travelling all the way? Well... Motherwell. well
2: well, we've got no international players anymore, so it's not as if Don't you know. It's not as if the the training grounds are going to be empty.
0: Actually, actually, I love you. No, know, we've got Guyana's own well, Neil Dans in the middle of the park.
2: Yeah, we have indeed. <laughs> Go on, Is he at? To you. Well, sorry, we've got one international standard player. Um, so it's you know, it's, why not? Why not? I mean, I wouldn't play a, a full strength team, but you know he. Um, Get the new players in. Get Pizano, give him 45 minutes. Casado can have a, a run out as well. Uh, yeah, give some of the. And then obviously our new five million pound centre forward's gonna need a, a run out as well. Um, so yeah, it, why wow. not? They're gonna be they're, yeah yeah <laughs> they're gonna be bored on the training ground anyway. Waiting for uh, all the international results to come in. So yeah, why not?
0: So Liam same to you, are you know how you bothered that we're playing a friendly mid-season when it should be a time for resting?
1: Well, I'm very pleased that Button are heading up to Motherwell for Keith Larsley's testimonial nice who has spent a total of 14 years at third pack in two separate spells nice amassing nice. over 400 appearances which I just got off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, you know, there's nothing like matches to keep fit, is there? I, I, I think it's a win-win. It's just, I mean, what are you going to do in training? Just gonna... So, yeah, you know, just, Really? They, they, they wants, let's give them a game. I'm surprised. Really, I don't know why we stop for internationals. If I'm being open with you in the championship, you know why do that and then play two games in the week when at the most teams are losing players. If no you have more than four players, playing, yeah, you should request it. If you, it should be on a request yeah. basis, I'm sure all the teams would be happy to play on the weekend of internationals. But you know, I'm happy that we're playing a game.
0: Oh, are you going up? For it, it's only a fiver, I think. The tickets, uh, no, no, nah, only no, I think I might be heading up, so you'll get the you know first class report from me, but yeah, um, a bit mixed. I think I agree we like, it's good to get a game and it'll be very good for some players to get some minutes under the belt, but I think it is a risk. And knowing our injury record and going up to a pitch in Scotland, which is probably more like a bog than a pitch, I'd be quite worried of injuries. So, but moving on to my next question of what team do you expect, I'll go through what I would slash hope for first, I think. I think I'd like it to be a mix of youth and players who need tap minutes. So I'd like, I doubt it, but I want Fitzsimmons to finally get some game time, even though he never seems to. Then, like you, like Tom said, I'd like get Pisano and Casado in at full back. Get Derek in if he's back full fitness. Get Trotter in, you know, obviously coming back from injury. Then, young know, with half of that put young lads in. Get Woolery, Thomas, Walker, get them all the minutes on, and you know Quay Taylor and the like. I'd like to see them all get some minutes the first team for a change I uh, bet
1: you Liam very much so I think it'll be a case of probably two different teams with two different halves a bit like the pre-season friendlies but you don't know you you, you don't know it's a bit unusual in that respect you know I, I, the last one I can remember we played a Bra- was it a Brazilian club halfway through the season no idea where Ibrahim Bars got a screamer that's the, that's the last time I can think of us having a pre-season friendly during this is it Santos off the top of my head I, I can't remember I that
0: no idea
1: it was. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. Good goal, Ibrahim Barr, Actually, um, but yeah, it's really unusual. So I've got no real idea what to expect. What do you reckon, Tom?
2: Uh, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're,
1: you're um,
0: enthusiasm
2: is a Yeah, that, no, it, it's it's just going to be one of those where I'm I'm going to check the, for the team sheet before the game, and I'm going to check the final score. Um, I want to see a few of the players on the fringes of the squad get a game. Don't take Zach Loft. Don't take Mark Davis. Absolutely not. Don't take Mark Davis. Um, don't take Ben Amos. Don't take Prince. And just yeah, just just have a run out. Um, but I, I won't be I won't be keeping up on the uh, on the live tweets. Absolutely not.
0: No, no commitment. And i about going, and you're just what a shame. So, to be um, fair,
2: Motherwell do uh, a good version of Twist and Shout, don't they? So that'll be worth watching. It?
0: That'd be good. I, I hope they do, actually. It'd be nice to actually have a different chance once, and, and I'll make sure we join in. So, finally, on this very short and very, not very informed preview of Motherwell, because clear have you seen them play at all in your Celtic watchings recently? Um,
1: They're not they're not, they're not not too bad a side. I mean, they, they just managed to stay up last year in the playoffs, didn't they? Um,
0: and they're not too bad, and they nearly got relegated to Scotland.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they, it's a very complicated in terms of not being able to show your playoff system in Scotland, but yeah, they, they did manage to stay up. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, though, you're looking at, I mean, SPL Championship. I'd expect us to be better, slightly better than Motherwell, so but it'll be competitive.
0: That's my final question then. So, what's your prediction for the game, Liam? 5
1: 0 Bolton.
0: I'm sure at least one person predicts that for every time we do this part of a podcast. <laughs> and it's never it never happens. But, you know, broken clock, etc, etc. And Tom, what do you reckon the score will be? Or do you even no, no. to <laughs> No, you no. No, it probably fucking will be. I, no, I think we'll lose. It's their testimonial. They care. We don't want to get injured. I think it'll be like 2-1 to them or something. If not, if we even score at all. But yeah, it'd be good to get a run out and whatnot. But with that... You know that very in-depth preview of Saturday's opponents, I think we'll call that segment there. I'll be back in a minute with the question of the week. See you then. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Love Pod episode twenty-five. This is the final segment. Um, There's just there's no guest here this week because it's been a bank holiday. I've been out and about. I've just not had time and. I couldn't be bothered doing it, sorry. I no doubt he'll be back next week. So, with that in mind, we'll just crack straight on with this week's question of the week, which was made by me, and I thought it was a pretty good one, and there's some good answers. Well, there's some very... It's pretty much a landslide. I thought, it'd be more, I thought there'd be more of a debate, but we'll see. Lads, I hope you have your answers prepared for when I've finished reading the answers out from our lovely readers and whatnot. So, the question is, would you take a club rebrand... A la Bolton Red Bulls If it guaranteed money and then potential success, etc First answer was from Jeff Sharples at Jeff Sharples. If it helps our situation dead right as we are in a dire predicament Jordan McDermott at Jordan McD two No 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 for the answers this question, ask all tigers Matt at BKD is my hero. No way, we should never compromise our history for money. I'd rather be in non-league with no money, but still be our club. Ian Firth at Super White Smurf. That rhymes. Our current name is our brand. Simple as, lose our name, we we lose our history. Doesn't make marketing sense, in my opinion. Nicholas Myatt says, our, our, our name is our history, even if it means playing in League 2. We should never sell our soul. He used... He's, I'm not gonna call, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that person. At at M, oh, M.D. Kirke says quickquid wanderers could catch on. Sure that'll go down very well. At oh, sort your Twitter names out, people. At P1 Durer depends what they want to do. Change shirt colour no. Change name bigger no. Past that they can do what they like. At Matty Williams 19 if we were on the brink of liquidation yes, otherwise no a shit Bolton Wanderers is better than a good Bolton Red Bulls at Bartim's says we get called all sorts anyway so we may as well get paid for it I like that attitude at Mark R underscore 84 says no, what happens when investors get bored just delaying the inevitable Ginny Hadfield says there's never any reason to change club's name changing name of stadium and shirt sponsors etc is enough Sean at Panic Prone says, tough question. If it was the last slash only chance to save the club, then maybe, but probably not. Otherwise, no, definitely not. At TES Smith says, underscore 93 says, the name and the home shirt stays the same. Everything else can be changed, i.e., sponsors and the away kit. Trevor Holt says, identity and history is everything for me. Branding is American bullshit. Paul Howard says, Only if it was the only thing they could do instead of going bust. Matthew Pryor, at the Matthew Pryor. I'd happily wear a shirt with Virgin on it if Richard Branson poured in. At BWC boy, as in the other boy, not that boy. Never. I'd rather go bust and reform as a supporter trust-backed club like AFC Wimbledon. Mark, at Mark underscore 505. I'd feel exactly the same as fans of the likes of Salzburg and Leipzig do. The club I knew and loved would be dead. And finally, the last answer is... At Marcus Meyer, people are too precious. Have a brand name or go into administration. Bring on the Bolton Marmite Wanderers. So, bit of a mixed, ma- mixed bag there. And But I think, I think it's clear which answer was the most popular. So, Tom, I'll come to you first. Would you take... A club rebrand, if it meant no money, stability, potential success, etc.
2: Um, it depends. I mean, if we were if we were a feeder club, if we were like AC Bolton or Bayern Bolton Wanderers or something like that, then bring it on, yeah. Um, give us your best and brightest that you've got. Um, but also, I'm pretty excited by the the thought of a rebrand, and then you know the the creation of FC Wanderers of Bolton or something like that and we can go to Hyde on an away day and 500 attendants or something but um, in all seriousness as a very, very much a last resort then if it meant the club staying in business then yeah but um, I wouldn't want it to happen.
0: So too Liam, obviously as we said before you're the salesman of the the line of Vienna so what do you think Again, same questions before. Do you reckon anything like that would be feasible for Bolton, and would you accept it as a fan if it did happen?
1: I'd be very reluctant. Very reluctant. You know, it's. I mean, a lot of people have touched on it. There's enough that sort of parts of clubs that get sold off now, um, and as a club, we're very open to it. You know, the fans have taken to the name, the Macron Stadium, as they reluctantly did the Reebok in the beginning. You know, so certain aspects of the club that are always for sale as of the name yeah I mean obviously as an absolute last resort it's something you wouldn't consider you've, you've got to take this pragmatic approach to these things but it's not something that you would just sell straight away I'd, I'd be very reluctant to do that but you know um, some names would be a lot worse than others some would be quite a smoother transition like Red Bulls for example would be a little bit easier than maybe you know than um thing. But yeah, it's an absolute last resort. See, yeah, uh, only. I guess,
0: yeah, I think that's I think that's the feeling of most. I think if it was Red Bull, that was just the best example I could think. Because you know, Bolton City wouldn't work because obviously City on City of Manchester that is, and that would be weird because it would be us changing Well, for a start, we're not a City obviously, but it'd be weird changing the kit to a light blue instead of it being white. I think with theoretically if it was like Red Bulls who came in for us and obviously this is very, speaking in major hypotheticals but at least the kit would already be white You know, it's, it's not changing colour that much it's just a bit of red and yellow going on it rather than a bit of blue and there's already red on it anyway so I think that wouldn't be too bad but in general if it meant saving the club and then getting us somewhere then I think my head says yes but my heart No, detests it from the bottom. Or Miss Spiner would never, ever accept anything like it. Well, yeah. I think, unless anybody else has got anyone anything else to add, no closing statements.
1: Um, In terms of that, you know, there's the big debate is obviously looking at Hull and the reasons for doing it. Obviously, the more the more you read on it, the more. I mean, the, the more it gets. I mean the argument from the owners that it would bring in revenues what do they want to change it from? Whole city to whole city tigers is yeah. it just a whole tigers?
0: Is... I think it's just... city tigers, yeah.
1: I don't see what difference it would make I mean what difference would that really make?
0: Probably really? It's like with Cardiff. It's the whole thing of changing to red, isn't it?
1: Well that was the good. thing superstitions, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that's The thing
2: with like... the thing with hull as well. With, with Hull, they keep, you know, they're saying that it'll bring more people to the football club and to the place. One trip and they wouldn't be back again. So <laughs> yeah. you can change... I went on a university open day back in the dark ages oh, wow. um, and the first person I met, I was greeted by a young lady who asked me if I was a Hull FC fan or a Hull Kingston Rovers fan, uh, to which I said, I don't watch Rugby League. And she spat on the floor and said, that's what I think of you, before walking away. <laughs> my,
1: my first ne- trip And to I've Hull. never been back. Yeah, my first trip to Hull, the first thing I saw was an adolescent pushing a Tesco trolley with okay, a bike nice. wheel. Just, that was it. That was the first time I a to Hull. Now, that's, I don't want to say that's a fair reflection of the rest of Hull, but, you know, it was some first impression. See, my first and
0: only trip to Hull was when we played him away in our first season of the Championship. I think it was Coyle's laugh. Yeah, I think it was Coyle's last game, actually, the free one we lost.
1: Yeah, I was at that one. Yeah, and
0: the surrounding area of the immediate surrounding area of Hull Stadium was actually really nice. It's like a massive park, and they have like a wee... It's like a paddling pool at the back of it, and my mates being Bedlands went in it, and it was quite quite. quite It was quite a good away day, I remember that. But, obviously, that's that. I've only been to that area of Hull, but my dad's been a few other times, and he's a big Paul Eaton fan, and obviously Paul Eaton owns a pub in Hull, I think, or he did it's called the Grafton Arms on Grafton Street I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's it yeah, and my dad went there to see what to see if it was alright and he, he went in and it was just a fucking hole. and he's like just walked driving down the street mortified and then just drove straight home so I think collectively our stories of whole don't paint it in the best of pictures but on that note of sorts we'll <laughs> we'll close Love Pod episode 25 there so thanks, lads, for joining me. Um, Tom... Don't have nightmares. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tom, where can people find you <laughs> on that old internet? i uh,
2: down the Manny Road, uh, Rd, as always.
0: And Liam, where can people argue with you as you tend to do? Quite. Well, arguing. they can
1: normally find me pe- peering in the front window at night, just looking. It's
0: crazy. I'm imagining it now, and it's quite scary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, feel free to argue with me. Liam underscore O'Meara. Um, I'm particularly enjoying winding United fans up at the moment, and I'm finding yeah, if you're fun. ever if you're ever looking to do that, the best thing to do is is this line. It's it it it'll get all of them going. Is yeah, Paul scores just a bit overrated, wasn't he in his day? And that's it. You know, you'll, you'll be set for a good afternoon then of real, real, real good wind up. So yeah, that's what I've been doing recently.
0: Whilst whilst that is the best of baits to put on the end of your rod. I, it, it is a factually incorrect statement. but oh, Of course, yeah, definitely. That's I'm, not I'm the glad, point, I'm is I'm it? Glad, I'm glad <laughs> you understand. I'm just making sure. But yeah, so with that, as always, I am at Lebrowski. Come and say hello. But obviously, follow at Line of the NFT on Twitter. For, like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash line of Vienna suite or Stee one of the two. I'm not really sure. Um, obviously, join the website, on, well, join, read the website on line of dot com There's loads of stuff on there as always because, you know, we're getting good now. Like, at least three articles a day, I say. So, go and read them all up. There's not any better button on content content anywhere else on the goddamn internet, I'll tell you. Obviously, go on, listen to this on iTunes, which you probably already know if you're hearing this. Rate us, review us, subscribe us, give us five stars, all that jazz. And thanks very much, so if there's nothing else to add, no? Good. So, say goodbye, Liam. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. That's goodbye from me. See you on the flip side.